Hi, my name is Dr. Norman Swan. I'm a health broadcaster with the Australian Broadcasting Corporation and co-founder of Tonic Health Media, the largest out-of-home health and well-being out-of-home media business in Australia. Recorded at Advertising Week APAC, down under in beautiful Sydney, Australia, you're listening to the AW360 Live podcast. My name is Richard Larson, director of AW360, and it's my privilege and pleasure to interview some of the most innovative and interesting thinkers in the industry from around the globe. For more information about Advertising Week, the planet's premier gathering of advertising, marketing, and technology professionals, visit www.advertisingweek.com. Dr. Swan, great to make your acquaintance. Nice to meet you, Richard. Welcome to the inaugural Advertising Week APAC here in I'm, Sydney. I'm honored. <laughs> We're honored to be here. It's um, uh, That's good. It's a fantastic city and, and definitely a, uh, a fantastical venue for no other way to describe it. You did a uh, breakfast uh, earlier this morning, the art and science behind your next moment of genius. Yeah, it was fascinating with Dr. Fiona Kerr. Now, Fiona Kerr is a psychologist, a neuroscientist, an engineer, an anthropologist, she brings together a variety of disciplines um, to actually work out how we interact with each other, um, what is what is happening in the brain when we communicate with each other, what happens when we interface with technology, what happens when, what's the optimal environment for creativity and abstract thinking. It was fascinating. People were riveted. I'm, I'm sorry I missed it. I've actually heard um, more rave reviews about it in just the past couple hours since it took place then I think any breakfast we've had at any event yet nobody fell asleep nobody walked out it was great that's a, well it's a breakfast to me you're there to eat I mean hopefully <laughs> yeah, you're, some, you're, sometimes you're, they're a bit worse for the wear at breakfast but they weren't no, it was good and um, and the interesting thing just to summarize for people who didn't who weren't there that she came up with this first of all is that you know like you and I talking just now the contact that we have looking at each other's eyes there starts to be a physiological thing that happens in our brains and our bodies which is very different than if you and I were doing this interview over Skype this it doesn't happen when there's a screen in in the way really and that when you start interacting face to face with people you then generate um, a much broader set of connections in the brain than you, than you would otherwise. And that that is a recipe for starting to get abstract thinking. And when you return to the screen or are interrupted and you're trying to actually think of an idea and you're looking away and trying to wonder what would be the solution to this problem, if you're distracted by your screen and back, you know, she's measured this, when you back back to the screen, back to your phone, deal with an email, then go back to that thinking, the moment is broken very hard to recreate that abstract thinking process. And in fact, novelists and writers that I know have learned to switch off the internet, get rid of, switch off their phone when they're writing, because otherwise they just can't do it consistently. They get too distracted, or if it goes off, uh, they've lost the moment. So a big part of the message was about honesty, trust, responding to each other, collaborating, but doing it in a very much face-to-face -face way. Short of disconnection, which you know, for some of us is 
sadly not possible during some of the times, you know, say for employment where we need to be thinking or creative the most, you know, we can't be away from email and, you know, I... Well, that's what people think, but some businesses have actually banned it after certain hours really? or delayed it, that you don't, you know, for the next hour, we are not, you know, and there are apps now that, that will do that, that will hold your messages and give you them through when you're finished your allocated time so that you're not distracted, um, which, is, which is part of the problem for all of us. Tell me a little bit more about Tonic Health Media. So Tonic Health Media um, is a business that's essentially created to influence consumers at the point of care. And there are lots of things that you can do at the point of care. So the, the hypothesis that we started with when we created the business was that if you're in general advertising and you're trying to attract people to a health and wellness message, whether that be a government, non-government, or you know, an FMCG company, People are not necessarily thinking about their health and well-being all the time. So if you've got a creative agency developing an ad, maybe, maybe a third of that ad, the creative, the creative, is to actually pull you in and make you think about your health and well-being. Which is, you know, if you're a client, that's a third of your expenditure. Mm -hmm. Whereas our belief is that when you're actually sitting, waiting for an episode of healthcare, you are health attentive. That's when you are most aware of your health. And in fact, we've proven that to be the case, that people will, um, so we, what we do is that we install health television screens in general practice waiting rooms um, throughout Australia. Uh, we also do brochure boards with silent digital screens. We also have the third most trafficked health website in Australia. So we try and engage with consumers so that they close what we call the information gap. So there's an information gap. People don't they, they kind of know what they want and need, but they don't really. And providers like doctors know more than they do. Um, and we aim to close that gap so that people make better decisions about their health, their healthcare, but even leisure and well-being as well. So we've been going for four or five years and we're in front of 15 million people a month uh, throughout Australia, which for a small country like Australia is a lot of people. What sort of impact does this gap have on consumers? Um, well, for example, uh, it, it has a huge gap on government, with government. For example, we have unnecessary prescribing of some medications or over-prescribing over of some and under-prescribing of others. So what we've been able to show is that we've been able, so we do a lot of non-medical type advertising on the, on, on the system, but we also do you know, more health and medical ones. So we, we've been able to shift antibiotic prescribing downwards by 5%, which is a good thing, giving antibiotic resistance. And we've been able to improve asthma care by about 5%, um, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you're dealing with 15 million people um, a month, 20% of whom have asthma, and probably a similar number get prescribed antibiotics, that actually ends up being a large number. Fascinating. So it's actually leading to behavior changes then? It is absolutely leading to behavior change. And so, and we also, whilst we're mainly focused on influencing consumers for the better, for, it's a win-win where they're getting good health information, good well-being information, it's also a win for the health system because um, the, you know, the, of reduced expenditure and higher quality care. But that's, as I say, that's not all we're, that's not all we're in the business of doing. We're, we know, for example, that a, a lot of young women with children attend GP surgeries, and we know that they don't know what they're going to buy for dinner when they're sitting in the surgery after they've got the child seeing the doctor after school. And so the next thing that they're going to do is go to a grocer or supermarket and buy the dinner. So we've found that it's a very good place to influence healthy eating. 
So large supermarket chains use us to actually promote healthy eating, to actually influence um, people's purchasing power, uh, purchasing in a, in a healthful way. And his response from consumers, is, has it been positive as well? I mean, obviously, you know, they're, they're kind of following this and going, hey, you know, I'm, I'm at the doctor and while I'm here, I'm seeing something that I, you know, maybe not this specific physician, you know, promoted. But, you know, obviously, we, if it's in an office, you're, you're going to kind of trust it a little so bit. So we've researched it. Independent groups have researched it. And actually, some of our clients researched this without telling us. And it all comes out roughly the same. That 70 percent, you'd be surprised, in this day of the small screen and smartphones, 70 percent, 70 percent of people are in engaged with the screen. Um, and when you actually ask them what they watched on the screen, they remember what they saw. And 20% actually, because it's, it's about a 30 minute dwell time before they see the doctor. And um, so that you know they're going to see the doctor and about 20% of people have asked their doctor about something they've saw, seen on the screen. And another 20% say they would if it came up again and it was relevant to them. I mean, those are quite extraordinary figures. And then it changes the doctor's behavior as well, if that's what you're looking for, is because if the doctors know they're going to ask the question, they, they, they actually, we offer them opportunities to actually learn what they need to know uh, about it. For example, we did a very, move, we've, got, we've got a television production company within the business, that's how we started off. We, and we had a very moving, um, a video, which TVC, I suppose you call it, in the waiting room on young women and breast cancer. 17% of women who develop breast cancer are defined as young. And, and if they feel a lump in the shower, they think, well, it can't be me because I'm so young. So the, the, this message was, it could be you. Talk to your doctor. So I went to the doctor with a, an electronic direct mail and said, look, um, you're going to get asked questions about young women and breast cancer. I know you know everything there is to know about it, but here's a URL for a training module so you've got some answers and 45% click through, which is an enormous response wow. by them. So yes, you do get behavior change. Well, Dr. Norman Swan, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me, Richard. It's been a pleasure.